Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. And today we have a gentleman by the name of Ben Amos. Now, since the second grade, Ben has been involved in the arts. He studied dance, music, and theater, and this is where he really enjoys and I believe thrives. After graduating from Bible college, he has served in various ministerial um, capacities, such as a youth pastor and a senior pastor in his church. He is an author of a book on Amazon called How to Break Free from Depression, Fear, and anxiety in 30 days. Well, my goodness, if that's not a bestseller, it certainly should be. And we're going to do our best to be sure that, that we get it up and uh, and running for you, Ben, because it sounds like a phenomenal title, How to Break Free from Depression, Fear, and Anxiety in 30 Days. Some people have worked their whole lives and still aren't free from it. So <laughs> now his secret, and this is what he's going to share, are from the ancient biblical secrets now at two years old ben was in a tragic accident i can i can't begin to imagine what that would have been like and he's going to share his memories from that and what happened as a result because he did have massive head trauma he had plastic surgery i'm assuming more than once and as a result became a victim of bullying and spiraled into a deep depression which would certainly not be unusual especially for a little boy so here today to share his secrets of rising above depression and all these other things that we discussed is ben amos welcome ben hi there i'm so uh, happy to be here so very blessed to be a part good that sounds exciting we're we're looking forward to hearing all about it ben so let's begin by sharing your story of what happened when you were a little boy in the accident well i am now uh, 47 so it's been uh, uh about 35 years i mean 40 45 years since that's happened and the impact is still stays on me so that tells you the power of an event in one's life at two wow. years old I was, uh, we were, the family was at a, uh, a swap meet, and I tell this in the book, the family was at a swap meet doing some shopping. Uh, I was left in the vehicle with my older brothers and sisters, them not uh, doing what they were told. They jumped out of the vehicle for whatever reason, and, uh, and thinking that I was too young to understand, they locked me in, and I, I uh, s s basically learned how to unlock the door and darted out. Oh. Uh, and as a result of, of uh, jumping out, uh, and this was during the, the daytime, 
I was struck by a drunk driver. Oh my this word! In the days, you know, the seventies, it wasn't near as strict the uh, the laws, and it was a kind of a dirt road. So uh, the drunk driver struck me pretty hard uh, to the fact that the it, the the vehicle actually ran over me. Wow! And, uh, oh my goodness! Pressure, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing uh, to be able one to to live through that uh, that that episode, but all the damage that happened was was what is kind of uh, the most amazing part of the story because the vehicle ran over me, and as a result, it uh, it 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 crushed my chest and and literally popped my my right lung. Oh. And so uh, the right lung was completely damaged to the point where it had to be removed. And uh, I don't know if any of your your listeners are familiar with Loma Linda Hospital, but they're really um, trailblazers when it comes to children's uh, medicine and children's um, surgery. Uh, where was that, in, Ben? I, I missed that. Where Linda, was that? California. Loma Linda, California. Okay, okay. So Loma Linda uh, Hospital is a world-renowned uh, hospital. Uh, and and even to this day, still gathers and draws in uh, doctors and and uh, students from all around the world, and uh, and so as a result, I, I I had to have a full long removed. Now at that time, Carol, that was the first surgery of 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 its kind on a child that young. Oh. So the newspapers dubbed me as the miracle child because I lived through the surgery. Uh, that's how uh, uh, groundbreaking it was and extensive it was. Wow. Uh, my full right side was 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 what was hit, and so as a result, the tire uh, completely uh, made mincemeat of my right side. <clears throat> excuse me, of my face, and that's where the plastic surgery came in. And I have to say that the the doctors. The doctors were were amazing because today you wouldn't be able to tell other than a, a, a scar that is visible. If you look closely uh, on the right side of my face uh, of the plastic surgery that was that was performed, they grafted it in from different parts of my legs and buttocks, the skin and and and, uh, and use that as as a uh, as a way of repairing my the skin part of so my face. There were several surgeries, I assume. I was in the hospital for six weeks, and so uh, the plastic surgery, if I'm if I'm correct, was was were several. Uh, I think four different uh, uh, surgeries on the face. Um, what made it, you know, uh, made it possible for them to be able to do it is is the the plastic surgery only went. Uh, skin deep so it peeled off all of the skin off my face but praise god uh, the the muscles and the ligaments weren't damaged uh permanently so that's why i was able to repair without you know any real you know indentations and things like that um so uh, i think the grafting took uh, twice two or three times and then the the, the final surgery took the uh on the face took another time, another time. And so I was in the hospital for almost, um, uh, uh, almost three, three months. Wow. Recovered from uh, the surgery. I, I lost uh, uh, one full long. I lost a spleen. Um, a couple ribs had to be removed, had surgery on the 
top part of my chest was completely opened and then uh, the long kind of dropped. So they had to I literally had to go into the bottom portion of my um, of my chest cavities. And so as a result, I have a, a big scar starting from the top of my stomach all the way down uh, to uh, past my navel. So I'm scarred up kind of like uh, kind of like Frankenstein. You know, my mom used to call her beautiful Frankenstein. <laughs> I don't think so, but whatever. <laughs> Oh, I, I've seen your picture, Ben. You're, you're a good-looking man. <laughs> well, God is good. You know, like I said, you know, we were able to uh, to maintain and, and not walk away with too much uh, damage in, in in the face area. Like I said, my chest is pretty pretty mangled up. But you know, it's it's a blessing because you know I had the most amazing doctors that were available. <clears throat> so as a result, to kind of shorten this up, as a result of this. A horrendous accident. I literally, my growth was stunned for, I think, until I was about six years old. I didn't grow much at all. Mm. And uh, and I was a big baby. I grew maybe, I think, between that four-year period, about, about um, an inch and a half, maybe. Um, I was very, very, very scrawny, very sickly uh, child. And, you know, kids are relentless. They do not yes. care. Yes. And they're just they're just mean, you know, and uh, and so I suffered a lot of teasing, you know, as far as name calling and mainly mainly based upon, you know, my size and uh, and my inability to do much. I was still in recovery stage at that time as far as, you know, uh, the long portion of it. The doctors diagnosed me as Dead. Even after the surgery, you know, they told my mother and father that it was the the chance of me living past five was um, was probably 10 percent. And so this uh, this diagnostic of, of doom was was placed upon me. And uh, we just decided as a family, I remember that about four, that we weren't going to receive that 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 um, that diagnostic. <laughs> negative report negative report exactly we just weren't going to receive it and my uh my parents knew enough about about god to uh to believe that he has a destiny for me and uh and so they believed that and they always spoke that into my life that there was a destiny uh, for me so as a result of the accident i suffered uh brain damage and that's where the seizures came from most of the seizures, you know, uh, it was a blessing that most of them were at night. Really? They came on me at a after an exhausting day. And the reason why I say that is a blessing because I had one seizure in public and that was devastating. Uh, and so the seizures came as a result of the of brain damage. I My whole life until I was about eight, I, I was a guinea pig. I just was in and out of the hospital with all kinds of tests. Again, this was a groundbreaking yes, yes. surgery. So they were really doing a lot of testing to find out my progress and see what happened and what were the results. And, you know, this is the seventies, right? This is the seventies. Exactly. You know, so there's a lot of scientific and medical breakthroughs, but also a lot of trying at that time. And one time they even induced a, a seizure, you know, hooked me up to the 
all those little EKGs and, and induce one to really see the the pattern. Uh, mm-hmm. Very heavy medication. I was taking feeding the Barbertol to keep me calm. Oh, wow. Um, and I got addicted to that um, uh, as, as a young person because it's, it's, like I said, it's pretty heavy medication. Um, I wasn't allowed a lot of physical activity. I watched very closely. But I had a I had a time where I had a seizure in public. And uh, it was in my, I believe, my second grade class. Oh, no. And I was out of school for, you know, several weeks, which was normal when I had a seizure. And uh, when I came back, you know, I walked into the classroom and there were kids on the floor uh, mimicking the seizure. Oh, Ben, how awful. So that was, uh, for my younger life, that was what I would call a, a internal breaking point. And I didn't want to go back to school. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a, a, a part of, uh, I guess you would call, public life at that time. It was very, very devastating. The, now, to her credit, my teacher was amazing and she got it under control very quickly and the people were, they were out of class for a couple of days as well. But um, it, the damage was still done. Right, know, right. As far as uh, the, the pain and people, I mean, many times we don't realize how, you know, how devastating, how that pain, if you don't go through a process of healing, that will stick with you your whole life. And so those things throughout my life, you know, the struggles that I had in that really stayed with me. And I remember experiencing the the, the feeling of that pain, Carol, at 35 years old, you know. I can I feel it right now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's right. when we think of, yes, yes, especially children. And I mean, bullying is such a major issue. Uh, now and no matter how much we are made aware it still is happening and the children they just if they don't have the coping skills the support or faith in their family you know I mean it's I don't know how how people go through it I just don't know anyway you're going well, to you tell just us said that the key. one of the keys Carol is what you just said is the family <laughs> And teaching that kid how to have coping skills yes. because it's never going to go away. Kids are going to be kids. We can get better because we can educate them. We can get more on top of it. We can, which I believe it is, you know, um, as we teach kids about the sensitivity of what they're doing um, and and the repercussions that it has on, on that person. Because many times kids do it to people that they love. They don't realize it's just kind of an internal thing that we have that we have to learn how not to do. Mm. And so, but the power comes from, I, I tell you, if it wasn't for my family, my family was amazing and I still struggled heavily, but my mom was incredible, you know, um, as far as how she built me up and how much she loved on me. My aunts, I mean, I had a very big family at the time, we were very close, um, and uh, so as far as the extended family goes, cousins and aunts and and uh, and everybody, you know, were, was was supported. I call them my angels. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, if it wasn't for my angels, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have made it as far as I made it, you know, 
and giving me those coping skills. But, you know, we have an internal dialogue and that's the part that I teach on it. And that's the part that's most important because you can tell yourself everything is, you know, people can be saying the most amazing things. But if you're telling yourself, hey, they're just saying that because they love you. Mm. They're just saying that to build you up. Excellent point. You know, you can you can devote you can void how those powerful voices uh, in in your life. So what you say about what's being said and what you say about yourself is paramount. And uh, and I looked at myself and I seen a scrawny, ugly little boy and uh, and and I didn't like myself. You know, I didn't like life. You know, we it, and that's what everything's periodic. It wasn't constant, you know. But when it came, it was big. You know, when it came on, it was big. It would it come like, like in a wave, right? Exactly. You got it. It would come in a wave. It would it would ebb and flow. And it was secret. It was something that I struggled within. Uh, and I talked about this in my book. And the reason why I struggled within is I already felt like I was a burden on, mm-hmm. on my family. You know, I already felt like, you know, because everybody had to be on pins and needles. Um, you know, uh, lifestyles had to be changed. It was almost like, you know, my brothers and sisters had to, you know, uh, trade off on their, their looking out for me. And so I, I felt like, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to ask you, uh, um, regarding your brothers and sisters, did they survive it okay? I mean, did, did any of them have issues with guilt? And I know this is a side issue, but is this something that I think is important uh, to address? And if so, were you question. able were you able to help them? That's a very good question. As far as I know, I don't believe they did. <coughs> uh, again, I don't think the, the I don't recall the focus ever really being on on their actions. Um, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of conversation surrounding that. Um, so I don't, we've never had that conversation. So if anyone would have, it would have been my older brother. And, um, I don't know, he may have, because he was my, he was my sentinel, you know, uh, when I had, uh, he was, he was, um, he was always the first one there when I had a, a seizure, you know, at night. Really? If I, if I stirred, he was. You know, he'd wake me up, Benny, 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 you know, what? Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> on the, uh, on the, in, by the same token, um, did you ever blame them? Not at all. Okay. Not, not at good, all. Good, good, good. You know, there's really, in a, in a situation like this, and again, I think that has to do with upbringing and how, you, how you're taught to think about this, really not a blame because it's just, you know. It's just something that happened. <laughs> well, the reason I ask you that, Ben, is because when, when I talk to people who deal with depression and who deal who still live in the past, and that's one of the problems, and I'm sure you address it in your book, is that a lot of people suffer from depression because they live in the past. This exactly. happened to me. Why did this happen to me? It happened to me because so-and-so did it to me. I'll never forgive them and all those scenarios. And so that's why I ask that because I'm sure our listeners are thinking some of those things too. Well, those kids, you know, they should have known better or, or whatever. And, and, and the blame can be thrown all over the place. But you are right. absolutely right that it is. It happened. That's it. 
Yeah. But that's, that's why it. I wanted to ask that. That's so. a really good question, Carol. I, I'm glad you asked that. Um, I, and I'm, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, yeah, I think because of the, the way the structure of my family and the way that, that we think we weren't always to, you know, like any family, we have our, our idiosyncrasies, you know, dysfunctions. Um, but that was never an, an, an issue. I think because uh, the scenario itself was just a normal scenario, you know, where an accident happened. And so, um, and in the 70s, it was a different time, you know. Right. Nowadays, you hear a story like that, and you say, oh, how could they? It's, it was just a different time. You know, one, kids listened to their parents. Um, there wasn't, the dangers weren't, weren't, le- weren't lurching in, uh, and, and, uh, and around the corner like they are now, uh, people were more responsible. It was just a different time, you know. That's right. And so um, I guess probably today, yeah, it would probably be a lot bigger deal because we're, we're kind of, you know, there's a lot more dangers, uh, a lot more cars on the road, a lot more people drunk on the road, you know. Right. <laughs> it's just a different world. And so, yeah, I think that conversation would be a little bit different if, if it was today because we have to be on, on, so on the lookout. Um, and like I said, if there was some guilt on his part, one, he never shared it, but if it did, it came out in his, his just really uncanny lookout for his little brother because he right. was really um, on top of me all the time and knew what to do. He knew how to get it started because there was a procedure when I had a seizure that we had to go through. Um, uh, you know, we had to secure me and had to make sure that, you know, and at that time, now we've, we, um, our medical science says it's, it's not correct, but at that time they would say secure the tongue because they don't, you know, right. they don't want you to swallow right. the tongue. So they put, you know, now that they don't put anything in the mouth, but at that time we had the little scalpels that we put in the mouth and, and all those things, you know, that, uh, that, that we went through when I had a seizure, you know, cause they were pretty violent seizures. Why did uh, they stop? Did they stop because you grew out of them, or do you feel you were healed? I believe that um, I had a conversation with God at 10 years old, and I said, God, I don't want to have these anymore, and I'm not going to have these anymore. Um, and and they, I didn't have them anymore. I had one more, minor one, and I took control of it. I believe I was healed, and that was before I even knew God, as far as the way I know him now, relationship with him, but I have, I've, I've always had a very close relationship with him, you know, from that time period all the way throughout my life, I've always, had, I've always spoken with God and talked to God and felt very, very close to him. I felt like there was this, I used to have, you know, I'm an imaginative person as a writer, you know, and as a performer, you know, so I would have these imagination where, where, the, where God and <laughs> and uh and angels and, and 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 bad angels were fighting over me and, and you know i was the prince and and uh and they were constantly coming after me but god was constantly saving me you know so i would have these these type of scenarios run through my head you know i was an alien from another another uh another Real. planet and <laughs> you know so i would have all these things they helped me survive though you know right and so um yeah, I believe that that was the the the, uh, the moment of of reckoning, and, and since that time, I have not had one. So, I, I th- I'm sure medical science would say he grew out of them, though that that was never one of their 
diagnosis. They never said that he would. Um, they said he may, you know, but they they really prescribed that I would deal with them my my whole life. I mean, I was prescribed all kinds of stuff. Carol, oh, I was I told can, I, I, I may, probably wouldn't have children. And because uh, I'll, I'll get a little personal here, and I don't think I've ever shared this, but I was part of what happened. Uh, I think I shared it in my in my book, though. Um, but never uh, verbally is uh, my reproductive system was was ran over as well. And so that was uh, that was crushed. And so I was told that 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 uh, I would uh, it's, it's a highly unlikely that I would have ever had children. And uh, and I have four. <laughs> <Beautiful kids. laughs> and we had That's this amazing. So. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we did that. I did that with uh, with half of my reproductive system. That's <clears throat> incredible. And so yeah, so so God is amazing. You know, if He wants to get something done on the earth, He gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that that's that's kind of the the story behind the the accident. And uh, great. Okay. And great. It, the depression the root of it <clears throat> and i appreciate that now um i'm assuming in your book i haven't read it yet i just looked at it today and like i said it looks really intriguing but i'm assuming you give some some secrets some guidelines etc so let's talk about that and how how did you overcome your depression and at what age were you was this as an adult or were you still a child you know just share that please uh, real briefly, <clears throat> I, I overcame my depression rather recently, <laughs> really in the last uh, five, four years, okay. if you, if, to be honest. Uh, I, and, and I hit a, a brick wall. We're at, uh, at uh, I can't remember the age, but rather recently, I said about five years ago, um, I, I hit rock bottom and the depression that I dealt with, you know, um, the time periods became longer and longer in between. Okay. When I went down, I went down deeper and deeper, if that makes sense. So yes, it does. The drop was more dramatic, but the time frame in between was was further apart. It's like a tidal <laughs> wave instead of the other waves. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Come on. That's very good. Excellent. Yes. So, yeah, tsunami. Exactly. So calm waters for a long, long time, then a tsunami hits. And uh, and and so I, I I that was my last time attempting suicide, and I've, I attempted suicide as a as a as a young person I think probably seven times, as an adult maybe, let's see, I think once. So that was my that was my one time, and so um, that's when that's when you know, me and God had a, a conversation. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And he said, you take the same principles that you've learned to apply, the same principles of faith and the same principles of, of, the, of, of the spoken word and how to think about um, uh, salvation, how to think about, you know, believing God for specific things in your life. You take that same formula and you apply it to your mind, you apply it to your soul. And so that's where that's where it came out from. You know, everything that we are is how we think and speak about everything. 
And the power of that many times is kind of brushed over. But literally, the reason why you're depressed is because of you said it early, because of what you're thinking about. And so if you're if you're blaming, if you're saying, why me? If you if you're going over what happened, whatever the thought pattern is, in essence, <laughs> it's his thoughts. And so that's why Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is that man. So as as people, what we think about determines who we are. So the Absolutely. power of the power of not letting your thoughts do whatever they want to do is the power of freedom, is the power of uh, the ability to to uh, to be in control of your life. And so once God showed me that, he took me through a series and said, look, you know, you've been studying faith and you've been studying how to believe things and you've been studying how to overcome addictions or whatever it is that we struggle with in, in our in our natural uh, everyday life. There is a way to to overcome that. And that way to overcome that is very specific and it's not hard. It just takes dedication and it takes consistency. And the number one thing that we have to understand is that we cannot allow any thought to just go awry and do whatever it wants. We we take that thought and we decide what we're going to do with it. And so it's almost like it, uh, you're, it's the same concept of foreign substance going into your body. Your body doesn't allow just anything to come in. Once that enters your system, your body's going to go through a series of checks and balances to see, are you uh, a foe <laughs> or are you uh, for us? And so, and if you're a foreign substance and we, and the body decides, hey, this thing is not good for us, it goes about attacking and eradicating that thing. <clears throat> well, that's Absolutely. the thing that- Right? Ne- negative thoughts are toxic, plain they're and toxic. simple, and toxins and have toxins to be removed. toxins are different levels, right? Yes, yes. So we, we find that. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, there was just one thing as you were speaking that I thought of that I, I know that you will appreciate, and it's something that I have used many times. A very wise man told me, when you buy the thought, you buy the lie. That's very good. Isn't that incredible? So feel awesome. feel free to use that because it really. I, I was going to say, can I use that? Yes, it has. Well, I use it too. So <laughs> it has it has a real strong impact because you know we get bombarded with all these thoughts and the ones we we take, whether they be positive or negative, are who we become. And if we keep taking the negative, we are buying the lie. So go ahead. Right. I just wanted to interject that because I know that you would appreciate that. No, that is awesome. That is that is that's powerful. Now you, you I mean, as a person that has overcome um, tragedy, like you said, you know, that's the that's the impetus of what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. And so, as a person that, that has overcome tragedy, and any other person that has a that is able to say, "Hey, I've overcome," you would say. The most powerful tool is what I thought about that tragedy and how and the process that I went through in my thinking uh, to overcome that. And so when we understand that we were literally designed and manufactured to uh, be in control, 
of our thoughts. And that thoughts come uh, from the outside source uh, to either help us or destroy us. And that what we listen to on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, who we listen to, you know, has a has a huge impact on how we are. It's easy, right? Because we, I can tell you some of the things that were said to me at seven years old. So that's how powerful that the the words that we hear are. They last a lifetime. That's why you know you heard that saying, "Sticks and stones may hurt right. my bones, but word, right. words never hurt me." Right? Which is the biggest lie in the world, right? <laughs> That's right. Just the opposite. <laughs> because you get hit by a stick and and you heal rather fast. It's gone in a couple of days, but you get hit with with a word that that pierces your heart, and that thing can last you your entire life. I'm wondering uh, if you could share this because I, I, I feel that our listeners will want to know this. And I don't know if you address this in your book or not. Um, by the way, the name of your book, again, is How to Break Free from Depression, Fear, and Anxiety in 30 Days. Now, that's powerful in itself. Um, anyway, what I'm wondering is, now you had a real strong um, support system. In your with your family in particular and I mean that is very evident in which what you have shared and yet you went through this why do you think in other words why do you feel that you went through so much depression and suicide attempts when with the strong support that you had was it just not enough you had to have like something else to hold on to which you're talking about is go ahead that's an amazing question and i would tell you the reason why and this is for your listeners and and i'll address this from the standpoint of you of uh, say one uh, a listener is not necessarily going through depression but they know someone that is and i address that a lot i kind of address that in my blog that we just started that's fairly new, or is brand new, I should say. And, uh, and and in the book, I address it a little bit, but I'm going to really start addressing it because, you know, the power to help someone through this is amazing. So um, I can build you up, but if you don't believe it, it does no good. Right. So the power comes in giving someone the tools that they need to internally overcome so you it's not enough to build someone up but you literally have to get in their business you have to say hey what are you thinking about how do you feel about that you know you know what what are you thinking about when you're going through this do you know that you have to tell yourself that you're an overcomer i can believe that you are but you have to believe that you're an overcomer you don't have to accept what they say you know you can accept what god says about you you can accept about uh, about yourself what you truly are so you you have to not just build people up even though that's powerful you have to provide them with the tools that's why i tell people all the time and i'm working on uh, getting the book uh ready so that it can also be in it's right now it's just an ebook form but i'm working really diligently on getting it ready to to also go in regular print form because it's a powerful tool to give someone. Now, the reason why I say 30 days is because what happens in 30 days with a habit? 
Mm-hmm. It's formed what? Or it's broken. Yes, that's right. And, and depression is nothing but a series of habitual thoughts that you have gotten yourself into that have now become so strong that they seem like they're a part of you, but literally they're just a, a, a habit of thinking a certain way. So let's start breaking that habit and start thinking another way. And so that's why I struggled is one, it was secret. So it was it was my own struggle that I didn't share with. Uh, Look how many people are, you know, even celebrities, Robin Williams. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, there's many celebrities and many people that deal with this and they come across as being, you know, the happiest, most jovial people in the world. And it's because you want to cover it up. You, I, I believe uh, at least a little bit of research that I have done is a lot of people feel that if they allow you to to come inside and hear and understand their depression, then it makes them look weak. And so we try to look strong by putting on a facade that is not real. Is that kind exactly. of exactly? Yeah. Okay. okay. That's it. That's everything. And what happens is the higher that you grow in your sphere of influence and responsibility, the harder it is. I'll tell you why. Is because one, depression is uh, talked about so negatively um, and so judgmentally yes, many times yes. that um, I'm uh, of course I'm going to keep it a secret because a pastor doesn't struggle with depression. That's right. Yeah. You know, who, you know, don't you know how good God is? You know, and so you, <laughs> you know, and so this this kind of this judgmental. Uh, overcast that we walk in makes us, uh, and if we're supposed to be the strong one, if we're supposed to be the support system from others, who can we go to and say, you know what, I'm struggling with depression. I feel like, I mean, who can you go to as a leader and say, I want to kill myself? Right. And so so you're in this secret prison. And uh, and again, if you if you were burden laden like I was, where I felt like I already was enough problems on my family, you know, um, what happens if I say, you know, I, I don't want to be here anymore, you know? Yeah. Now we have a whole another uh, uh, issue of emotional things that we have to work through. So I would encourage anyone that is going through depression. To find someone to talk to about it that they know is grounded, um, that can take a, a somewhat uh, objective view. If they know you, it's impossible to take a completely objective view, but a somewhat objective view. And uh, if they don't know anyone that's like that, then I would suggest um, uh, going to their church, going to a pastor, you know. Um, someone or, or a specialist, not just any psychologist, because some psychologists will get you, will have you in this vortex of depression before you even get out of it. So, they yeah, want to take you. They want you to go to your happy place. <laughs> yeah, they, and they take you to this process, you know, where you're like hurting. It's almost like the, you know, doing surgery while you're awake. Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I, I would say, you know, that's why I say it's best to to, to, uh, to go with someone 
that you trust. But the book really talks about, you know, how to how to walk through, how to think about what you're thinking about, and then how to begin to think about something different. The 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 key in in a nutshell, Carol, is what's called the law of, of displacement. You displace the negative thoughts with positive thoughts. So you, it's not so much about not doing something, but it's more about doing something right, right? That's exactly what you said, what Proverbs said, you know, that that's a biblical principle is Correct. to, you know, to dwell on the positive, to dwell on the word. And exactly. These things then become, they dissipate. That's it, that's exactly it. They, they are displaced because it's um, it's it's, you know, Philippians says, think on these things, things that are lovely, true. Right. Uh, a good report that have virtue. Right. And, and are praiseworthy. So think on these things. And so the first thing you do is you do Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, 5. And these are principles that anyone can use, whether they believe, you know, they're a believer in, in the Bible or not. It's It's just. They're scientific principles. They're psychological principles that because God made everything. So the first thing is, is to uh, it says to bring every thought into captivity. So you take those negative thoughts and you 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 jail them. You say, hey, wait a minute. You don't belong here. You go in jail. So you put the negative thoughts in jail and then you replace them. Um, and then you think about them because it says to, to bring them up against the knowledge of God. Well, what do we know about God? We know that God loves us. We know that he's good. We know that he wants the best for us. And so you look at that. You said, does this, does this thought line up with that? And if this thought doesn't line up with that, guess what? You've got to go, buddy. And then you and then you replace that thought with a powerful thought. Now, this is the thing. For every negative thing that you hear about yourself, you have to hear a positive thing 16 times to overcome that one negative thing. How many times? 16 times. Oh my goodness. So that's how powerful negative thoughts are. Uh, so we have to hear it over and over again. So you can't just say it once, you have to say it all throughout the day. <clears throat> I'll share something with you. And I think it's powerful that your your, your learners, will, will, your listeners will, will uh, hopefully take in their life. There's a, um, Joshua 1, 8, it says, to meditate on the word day and night, okay? And it says that uh, turn not to the left or to the right, but uh, do everything that's written in the word, and then you will, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now that word meditate in Hebrew, Hebrew is, it means to chew the cud. I've heard that, yes. Right, so chew the cud. So a horse has several... I mean, a, 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 a cow has several stomachs. And so that's why you always see them chewing because they're chewing and they're swallowing and they're regurgitating up and they're chewing and they're swallowing and regurgitating. In other words, Hebrew is a, is a very what's called a very, um, you know, Greek and in, in our English language is anecdotal. It's 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 lucid, whereas Hebrew is very specific. OK, and so what is it's using a specific example to to get a, across the word. So what it's basically saying is you take what you know, the words and you bring them in, you say them because it also means to say to yourself over and over to murmur. OK, so you, you, you bring that thought in, you say it, that thought, you think about that thought, you say it again, you think about it. And so what you're doing is you're displacing the negative thought with the positive thought by Doing it again and again and again and again. Excellent. And if you will 
work yourself into a habit of doing that every time. Don't let those those thoughts escape um, unscathed. You you bring them into captivity. You survey them, and then you displace them by replacing them. And you do that throughout the day, and you won't feel it. <laughs> you won't feel any di- different on day one and two and three and four and five. But as the days go by and you do this on a consistent basis, Carol, you'll begin to f- see yourself grow and getting stronger in those thoughts. And that's one key right there, what you just said. See yourself. You know, you see yourself better. You see yourself, um, you know, in a different place as far as your your, your mental um, and your emotional state. You know, keeping keeping those things uh, in in our in our sight, in our view of what we want to be. You know, we don't want to be sad. We want to be happy, and and to believe that God will do that for us, and to see ourselves as being whole instead of broken. Yes. Well, Ben, this has been phenomenal. I mean, there is much more, I'm sure, that you could share. I don't want you to give away all your secrets today. (laughs) Um, I definitely believe that the uh, listeners will want to get your book. We're going to promote your book. It sounds fabulous. Uh, It's also a great idea, like you said, to get it into print. But right now it is available as an e-book. And the name of it, once again, is How to Break Free from Depression, Fear, and Anxiety in 30 Days Using Ancient Biblical Secrets. And I also, we were going to talk, but maybe we'll leave this for another time, Ben. And that is a little bit more about your writing career and becoming a speaker in other venues. Um, I know that there's lots more that that you can share. And is there anything you want to say just maybe quickly about any of that? or? Well, just real quickly is, uh, one, Carol, because my heart seems to be stayed on this, so I'll just say real quickly that the principles found in, in the book you can use to overcome anything that you're struggling with emotionally. Okay. They're universal principles. So that's one thing that's great about it. Um, and so as a speaker and a writer, that's really where my, it, it, as far as I write, I wrote, I write both fictional and non-fictional. Okay. And uh, non-fictional is the way that um, is the kind of the plan that God that God gave me to start with writing. My my heart is actually <laughs> is fictional. Uh, I, not, not I shouldn't say my heart. My where I get the most enjoyment from or fun is fictional, but my heart is non-fictional because I want to help people. And so that's where it kind of uh, I, I've written a couple fictional books that I've finished. Um, and, and and plays and, and and different things like that. Really, but, okay. But now it's a, it's about um, I, I'm writing constantly, but it's about helping people and getting people the principles that they need to overcome. So you can use those same principles for anything emotionally um, if you want to be victorious. And so I wanted to say that. And, That's and so even a good though the title point. says yes, that, yes, yes, good know, point. They can use it for other things. Excellent point. And then also the blog is really cool. We have tidbits of things on there. That's been in fab life moments where we blog about, you know, things like how to help a teenager, how to see the signs of a teenager that's going through depression and what to do about it. Um, things like that. So if you want tools on how to overcome in certain areas in your life emotionally, that's what we blog about. 
every once in a while I'll do a little right turn, but for the most part, that's that's really what we talk about is is just success, emotional uh, success, you know, and who you are, believing who you are, and and really about being the best that you can be, using the principles uh, to 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 really go to who you're supposed to be. And so that's what we blog about primarily. Those are all good points. And um, I'm sure that it'll be successful just because it's such a um, poignant um, subject. You know, I mean, people not only concerned with with depression, but also concerned, like you mentioned, about their kids and recognizing the signs in somebody else. I mean, that is huge. And so... I, I encourage people to follow your blog. We will definitely have this up on our website as well. And so the a book, again, is available on Amazon, How to Break Free from Depression. And the blog is Ben and Fab. Now, is that your wife's name? Is that? Yes. Okay. So Ben and Fab Life Moments com. So at, on WordPress, yes. it's Ben and Fab life moments now i see that you also have a youtube channel do you have any your book trailer on there or anything that um or is it just a beginning it's just a beginning the youtube is same thing we're talking about the the okay. and it's really on the, the youtube we, we break down some of the chapters of the book and, and begin that dialogue and oh, we're good, really looking good. at excited because we're looking at taking that to another level and so it's all surrounding the same thing that you know the youtube the twitter the okay the, um, the blog, you know, it's all about empowering people uh, how to be the best they can be emotionally and how to really be all that God has uh, manufactured them to be. And so, and as, um, yeah. As long as we remember your name, Ben Amos, that's pretty easy to remember. We can yes. get there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. If you go to Amazon and you just put in Ben Amos, there you go. Ben L. Amos, you'll find the book. Same thing with the okay. YouTube. So yeah, it's all right. Well, yeah. We're looking forward to um, to hearing more, and also um, next time we talk, we'll have to talk a little more about your writing career and your your fictional uh, stories. I'm sure that that would be a whole other subject. Correct. <laughs> yes, whole nother subject. That would be awesome. It's been okay. so cool talking with you. That wow, hour went fast. Um, <laughs> it did. But it's really been a blessing uh, uh, well, speaking glad. with you. You had some wonderful questions that I think are going to be really um, something help to a think lot about. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening today to Never Ever Give Up Hope. I hope you enjoyed our program, and I definitely encourage you to share it with your friends. Always remember that if you're still here, there is always hope for improvement. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.